0: Is this thing on? Welcome to the Purple Pants Podcast, episode 134. Zaddy Zand, I have the honor and privilege of serving as your humble and oh-so-gracious host, Bryce Isaiah. I thank you so much for tuning in. Want to give a shout out to all of our first-time listeners. What's up? Welcome to the Purple Pants Podcast and to the Purple Pants Posse. Oh, what's up? If you have not already, please make sure you are subscribed to the Purple Pants Podcast. We're available on Apple Podcast, Spotify Podcast, wherever it is that you get your podcasts from. You can find the Purple Pants Podcast. Hit subscribe, write your baby boy a review, and give me some five stars. You also can follow me on the YouTube at Bryce Isaiah B R I C E I Z Y A H, where you can get exclusive content. Like this video we about to talk about. So hit subscribe on YouTube and give me some thumbs up. But let's say, y'all, whew, I'm trying to contain myself because I am really excited about this special episode of the Purple Pants podcast. We have an exclusive interview with the Zaddy himself, Zaddy Xander, a.k.a. Xander Hastings from Survivor Season 41, you know, here. At the Purple Pants Podcast on our Survivor News segment. Wendell, the winner of Ghost Island and HGTV host. And Jack, contestant on The Circle Season 2. Emily! Y'all know we've been talking about the Survivors. We, You know we've been talking about the Zaddy Zans. And so it is only appropriate that we got Zaddy Zan on the podcast. And of course I had to call my brothers, Jack and Wendell, to help me interview. The legend, the goat, the man with the long hair, Zaddy Zan. So I'm really excited about this episode. So listen, I ain't going to keep running my gums, popping my mouth. We need to get to the episode, right? All right. So listen, without further ado, let's keep this menu rolling. Let's get to the meat and So, potatoes. Meat and potatoes. Potatoes. It's a man who? It's a man you. Me and potatoes like we're cooking up a great stew. It's a man who? It's a man you. Me and potatoes like we're cooking up a great stew. Is y'all ready? We ready. Get on ready. We got Zaddy Zander here. I don't know how to act. And keeping the menu rolling. Woo! Listen, y'all, I'm trying to keep it in. Wait, woo. 1098, 7654321. Your baby boys, Wendell Holland and Jack Atkins are joining me here. We are back with the Survivor News. And whoo. It's a surprise, okay? You are listening to the Purple Pants Podcast, and I'm so excited that you guys decided to tune in. Make sure you are subscribed to the Purple Pants Podcast. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, wherever it is that you get your podcasts from. Hit subscribe and show your baby boy some love and listen, okay? Because listen, God gave us eyes and we have sight. And if you want to watch what we are talking about, head over to YouTube, Bryce Isaiah hit subscribe, and like, okay? I think you're gonna like this video because I ain't put no deodorant on today, y'all. And I feel like I am giving musty dusty, but it is for a very good reason. I am truly honored to have, let me just say it again in case ain't nobody here. I am truly honored to have the winner of season 41 in my heart. Okay, Okay. the fan fan favorite. Okay, Okay. some may know him as Alex. Some may know him as Xander. Others may know him as Zaddy. (laughs) I am so honored to welcome to the Purple Pants podcast,
2: Xander. Thank you so much for keeping the energy high throughout the season, not only like on the podcast, but with the Bryce and Wen presents uh, mm-hmm. events. I'm sad that, you know, like couldn't go to any of them, um, you know, contractually, <laughs> you're not supposed oh. to be seen. But but yeah, no, definitely so fun. So I appreciate everything you guys do for the community. Absolutely.
0: Uh, I appreciate it. It's more me than Wendell. But, you know, it, it, it is what it is.
3: Wait, Bryce, uh, I got a question for you. Why do you say it was a special occasion to be musty, though? Like, oh, I'm just funny? saying I'm I'm, sweat,
0: I'm sweating profusely in okay. my Purple okay. Pants podcast hoodie. And, you know, listen, I, I, I don't know how to act. I'm giving musty dusty today, okay. but it's all right. Okay, oh,
4: no.
3: Yeah, it's I, great to have you on here, Xander. If you would have told me a year and a half ago we'd be doing this interview, I, it was, whew, it, it's crazy. But yeah, shout out to Bryson Wentford giving, giving me the platform with you guys to talk Survivor through the whole season. Like Xander said, all the events, uh, and it's so great to have you on here for a full season rundown.
0: Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, I just I just want to check in with Wendell because uh, I know after Winners at War wasn't that great, so I just want to make sure because we were a star right now. You good? Everything okay with you?
4: Oh man, I I'm good, man.
3: I'm wait, wait good. are You on Survivor?
4: Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, no. it's good. There's only one true player of Survivor here, and his name's Xander. No, Wendell's the only winner here. (laughs) Dang. I need to find my bell, actually. Don't worry, I'm covered today. (laughs) This is ready.
0: (laughs) But anyway, listen, Xander, we are really excited to have you here. And before we get into the nitty-gritty of Survivor,
2: how are you? I've been great. Um, I've been spending time, you know, I took the break. I'm still in school right now, university of Chicago with Jack. And so to be back home in Florida, like a lot of the things that really make me happy, you know, going out paddle boarding or fishing, just being out in nature, kind of connecting back with like things that make me happy. Uh, a couple of days ago, I went skydiving.
0: Uh, yeah. And listen, I was getting ready to sue because listen, they need to take a lot more, uh, that's precious cargo.
3: <laughs> and that lady was me. She was I. I was her. Yeah, can you tell us about that for the people who didn't see on your Instagram you went skydiving and, and and got blown off track or something and landed in a fan's yard. Can you, can you give us the rundown for that?
2: Yeah, that was really exciting because we. Um, this is my first time skydiving, and so like you know, I was a little nervous, but like excited, nervous. And it's like, oh, well, what could go wrong, really? Um, but we actually, this is the first time ever in like six years of this guy working skydiving that we've been blown off course. So we had to emergency land like a mile or so away from the airfield in like a neighborhood, and he's like, you know. <laughs> Tell me like turn your head like look out for power lines <laughs> like, were you wait were you solo or was it tandem or tandem tandem so the guy behind me my hair's in the way he's like having me look at you know tilt to the side he's like look out for power lines we gotta like land in this neighborhood and so we come in pretty hot i scrape up my knees and hands uh some people caught the blood in the uh the instagram picture but like right as i get up like i hear are you xander <laughs> and there's this uh you know lovely woman jody who's uh filming the whole thing and was like oh my god like it's a gift from like the heavens it's so <laughs> incredible that's what you, you get when you bug xander on cameo he goes like,
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: to drop on into your neighborhood and say hi it was it was an event honestly like so much better I, like what kind of story can you get from skydiving that's like better than that so i was really happy with it even though it was dangerous i was like I'm usually very calm under pressure, so I was never nervous. I was kind of like, yeah, I mean, clearly, like, my tandem guy wants to live, which is a good sign. Yeah.
4: <laughs> Bryce, how would you have reacted if he
0: landed in your I night? would have been screaming, and I would still be on the ground currently.
3: Be a lot mustier. <laughs> yeah,
0: don't do that. But, Xander, before we dive into the survivor mm-hmm. questions, I just, you know, the ladies, the men's, the oh. them's, they want to know, are you single?
4: oh uh, i am oh. Single, so yeah. oh
0: oh are Are you ready
2: to mingle i suppose I, yeah <laughs> ready to mingle <laughs> like i'm never a doors closed kind of guy oh. you come from anywhere at any time so i'm just you know keeping my eyes and ears open for uh whatever comes next see what life hands me I, listen sometimes the back doors open too but like no <laughs>
0: honestly so what uh what type of lady does Xander like? Because, listen, I'm, I'm starting the podcast off hot. The people want to know. They, listen, they got Bryce Isaiah and Zaddy Zan. They, they said Bryce asked the question.
3: Yeah. Bryce said Bryce got a wig website pulled up right now. He, he wants to <laughs> be like blondes and brunettes.
4: Or <laughs> natural. You don't have to answer if you don't want to.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll answer with, like, a, you know, general, like, this is how I feel. I mean, it's all about the feeling, you know. If we click, if we connect, and there's just some chemistry there, then, like, that's what matters. I don't try and, like, I don't have any type It can come from anywhere. It's just, like, if we feel it, then we feel it, and, you know, why ignore that? And would you date a fan of Survivor? Uh, I've never really considered, like, you know, I don't don't think I should rule out dating a fan, but, uh, yeah. And then my last thing before we get off, do you respond to the DMs? I try as much as I can to respond to DMs and stuff. Uh, It certainly got hard towards the end of the show because that's when people really start picking Mm -hmm. up. And of course, it's like some of the DMs, it's like, oh, you know, um, if it's like, oh, you were so robbed. It's like, I can't respond to that. (laughs) It gets a lot. Um, Yeah, yeah. So uh, towards the end, not as much, but I try and like, you know, respond to comments and DMs as much as I can, because I'm a fan too, you know, so it's always been like, so incredible to watch like these great people like, you know, Wendell and yourself play Survivor and just like, yeah, yeah, Bryce, like, and, and watch the show and just see like, it's art to me. So for me to be in a position where I can do that to someone else and like respond to a comment, respond to a message like that's really cool for me to be able to like give that back because survivors has been giving to me for so many years.
0: I love that. And then my last, last, last question. If you were to be on a dating app, would it be a tender? Would it be a hinge? <laughs> Would Bryce it be, wants to know where to find you. He's
4: looking it, for you.
2: Would it be a grinder? Like what? Bryce, like what? Bryce, you have my number. <laughs> have my number February. <laughs> the date's planned, man. Okay.
0: All right. But now I just wanted, to, you know, a little lukewarm opening up. The you know, just making sure you lose some variety because at the Purple Pants Podcast and you know the posse, uh, we like to give people their flowers while they're here, and so I don't want. You to feel like this an interview. I want you to feel like you're hanging out with your baby boy Jack and that's an extension of me. And you got, you know, Wendy Z in the building. Yeah. We I think
2: we have
4: a we have a good energy. And having someone like you on, I feel like you're like a brother to the Purple Pants podcast. So it's good to, you know, it's as much as Jack has been talking about you, as much as Bryce has been loving you, we just want to get right into it. I want to know a little bit about your application process. It's not like we know that you and Jack are good friends and fraternity brothers. You guys had like a similar kind of grind. I think he was doing his circle thing while you were doing your survivor thing. So if you could just tell us a little bit about that, what, what it
2: was like. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, I got my first call back pretty like... Um... I think pretty soon before coming back to Chicago so it was like very fresh very new to me and I like didn't want to tell anyone because in my mind I'm still like oh well yeah sure I got a call back but there's no way I'm getting on the show you know there's there's no way and I don't want to give anyone false hope I don't want to make it real in my mind until it's like far along but uh, Jack one day we're walking to a restaurant to get some food together because we were like the only people living in the house at the time and he gets a call he has to you know leave from he's you know cut off dinner well, I forgot I was walking with you when I got that call yeah. yeah, yeah and so when Jack explained to me the nature of his phone call and that he had you know been interviewing for a television show position it was like oh wow like I was still in the position of like not wanting to say anything about mine because I didn't think that I was going to go very like far with it. But it ended up that, uh, you know, Jack borrowed my computer and like, (laughs) honestly, like fate. I'm really glad it happened. Uh, Jack saw an email. So, you know, I put him on the NDA and then we got to finally talk about it as a roommate. Um, So, yeah, it was just incredible that we were in the process together and applying at the same time time like some of the only two college students in the entire country applying for reality tv shows and in the same house during covid when nothing else is going on <laughs> yeah and to give a little more background on that this was uh summer 2020
3: uh obviously covid was pretty rampant so Xander and i were just both in chicago at some points we we're the only two people in our fraternity house and we'd wake up every day and watch survivor um Xander had kind of got back into it for winners at war because he, you grew up watching with your family, but then you kind of stopped watching for a while. Correct. And then he knew so I've, since I've been as big in the fraternity for almost three years now. So he knew I was a big fan. So he like, there. I'm going to check it back out. And then eventually I think you kind of tease it almost like in the summer, you were like, hmm, maybe I'll like apply for this. I was like, dude, yeah, you got to apply for it. you. Crush it. Um, and then literally yeah, my computer got stolen over the summer and I had like my final interview for the circle. So I asked Dan if I could borrow his. And when I opened it up, it was like in his email and I wasn't like prying or anything, but like the top email was like survivor callback. I was like, Oh shit. So then I did my interview and then later I was like, I didn't want like, I'm obviously not going to say anything, but is that's, that what's what going down? Like I'm, I was super excited. And then, yeah, I left for the circle at the end of September. Uh, and then by then, I mean, he still wasn't even confirmed for survivor because they, they kind of do the process a little bit later. And then I think in like, what was it like February, March, it started looking really good. And then you came over one day and you like, we, we went to my room and you told me like you were going on and I was so thrilled. And then, yeah, obviously Circle aired in April and then Survivor started up in September. So it's been a crazy year. Like I have said, I think I've said it before on the podcast, like you go back to us, there was days last summer before any of us were really deep in the process where we were watching, you know, half of a season a day for like a week straight. Uh, and just talking about you know how cool it would be to be on Survivor or the Circle or whatever. So yeah, so, yeah it's that's like one of my, my crazy coincidences. Um, this year, I mean honestly, there's probably been maybe one or two other college kids on TV, and we just so happen to be big and little in the same fraternity at the same school. So yeah, man, it, it is a great story. But uh,
2: yeah, was it your first time applying, Xander? Yeah, it was my first time applying, and like Jack was saying. Um, there were just so many signs pointing to it. Like I'm not, you know, the strongest believer in like the universe speaking, but you know, it'd be, you'd be a fool not to like, at least uh, you know, entertain the idea of it because you know, if it does happen to be that it's like fate or something, then, you know, take advantage of it because I, I met Jack and Jack showed me his buff collection. The first time we met, it's like <laughs> I had wait, 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 wait,
0: wait, wait. So the first time you met Jack, you're yeah. like, Hey, my name's Xander. Jack's like, Hey, come- i show you my buffs
3: <laughs> you know, so what yeah. happened was well I, i'm not saying i didn't show him the buffs but we had our fraternity for so i was a sophomore he was a, a freshman our fraternity for rush. I stop laughing That's not That's not it.
2: Bryce, it was a kagiyan buff oh so it was yeah.
3: spencer's buff because he was in our fraternity so for rush uh for our fraternity we do like a beer pong tournament and whoever was organizing it was like Oh, like Jack, I'm gonna pair you up with this kid Xander because he's from Jacksonville. Like he's a Jaguars fan. I'm a Jaguars fan. And they said at best point Xander only drank hard alcohol because oh didn't drink diet. No, I, I was like, didn't, you know what?
2: Alcohol at all? I was 20. Oh,
4: okay.
3: Yeah, In, yeah, <laughs> yeah. in theory, in th- and I was right. on that specific evening. I was trying to get a little bit active, so I was like, hell yeah, pair me up with him. We'll play along oh. with uh the the stronger, or you know, we were young, but. Uh, and so we just, you know, we got uh, inebriated, and then I think we were just talking about Survivor. We were talking about the Jaguars, just uh, just bonding on every level. So, Do you want to see
0: my
4: buffs?
2: <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> this
2: is on This is Guatemala.
4: This is Ghost Island. <laughs>
2: ah!
3: <laughs> I, I got a Ghost Island buff. <laughs> hey, who's to that season?
0: This is from China. My dad Ben. My dad's name is Ben. Uh, he got this for me for my
5: birthday. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
1: A laundry. Oh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh?
5: Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. Ch- That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary, BGW We're prohibited by law, see terms and conditions, 18 plus.
1: What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket. Outsourcing business tasks you hate. What about selling with Shopify? I'll <laughs>
2: okay my bad sorry no, so no, no, <laughs> but it, it was it was like oh man it was, this is like great because I hadn't seen the show since you know um, since I was pretty young I think the last season I watched was maybe Millennials versus Gen X um, I th- yeah I think that was the last one I'd watched and so like Jack was into Survivor my cross country team they were watching Token Sheens when I walked in to hang out with them and I was like oh my god and I remember the first episode that I watched with them was the one where they have the spinning panels and all the um, Um, symbols, like the mathematical symbols, (laughs) multiplication, division. And I'm like, oh, he should just like turn, they should just like turn them into numbers and remember the numbers. And then Steven Fishback used that exact strategy and explained it. And everyone sitting on the couch just kind of turns. And I'm like, well, hell, maybe I should apply. (laughs) Because that's like, you know, a pretty fun coincidence. Um, And then also in quarantine, a girl I was seeing at the time was like very into it. And she was like, you know, long hair, you should apply. It just seemed like a lot of things were pointing in that direction.
3: Yeah. I mean I I remember over the summer when you were kind of probably just starting the application process before I knew, like our fraternity house is in like south side of Chicago. Uh but Xander was out in the back lot like every day, no hell shirt yeah. on, buff on, hell like, yeah, blowing, chopping coconuts. And I was like, That boy needs to be on Survivor. I south like. side, hell yeah. I was like, This this kid loves that so it was it was a great time and it was amazing how it worked out. But yeah, it is like you said, it was your first time applying, so You get out to Fiji, obviously. This was in uh, March, right? Yeah. Um, You have to do a little quarantine. What were some of your thoughts in the quarantine? And then what were your thoughts as the game sort of approached?
2: Yeah, I think quarantine... I actually it's fun I like haven't moved any of my stuff since like the last time I was home was when I got back from Fiji so I've got all my Fiji stuff here but I like I brought two books with me which was not enough I read them way too quickly and it kind of just got me in this like very I don't know like storybook mindset of just what like What books were that? Hero's Journey. So it's the River of Doubt, which is a story of uh, Teddy Roosevelt uh, discovering a, a river in South America, which you'd like really never know happened unless you've <laughs> read about it. Pretty amazing. Uh, he almost died like uh, half of his um You know, half the people on his journey did, and it was like super dangerous. It hadn't been completed again until eighty years later, which is just like a testament to how incredible like the feat was. And then a river runs through it, which is all about fly fishing in Montana. So I don't know. I just had like very like hero's journey, like want to go out and like I wanted to find my story. I wanted to know what my story was, and like of course you have this whole life story that's your personal narrative that nobody gets to see, and that's going to come into play on camera because you. know, in casting, that's what they're asking about is like, what is your life story? And how is it going to come into play on Survivor? So for me, it was all about just being open minded, not trying to like strategize things exactly, but just knowing generally how I wanted to approach things and how I wanted to, you know, be open minded, like, people i you know obviously little little observations in pregame, but um other than that just like trying to keep an open mind and like focusing on like my strengths and my weaknesses i think that's one of the greater things you can do because there's like this idea in the survivor fandom that there's like one type of winner that's like, you know, the dominant strategist who's like manipulating people and beasting challenges when really like a winner is just someone who can focus on what's strong about them, their strengths and know their weaknesses and use those to their advantage. It's all about knowing yourself.
3: So in that, in that pre, in that pregame situation, you kind of did like self discovery beforehand. I feel like obviously during the show, everyone kind of learns a thing or two about them or even after the show, but it's, it's smart of you to kind of work to understand your, your strengths and have that understand how others are going to potentially perceive you in the game and sort of prepare for that. And then obviously soon after that, you hop into the game. Uh, you're on the Yasa trot. You're with Liana, Evie, Tiff, Voce, Abraham. Can you walk us through some of your thoughts? you know hitting the boat for the marooning first hitting the beach like what was your sort of initial perception of your tribe who would you want to work with things like that
2: yeah um i think like my initial perception at least my feeling and the energy was all just like grateful, honored, like such a treat to be here, like on the beaches of Fiji, especially after COVID year where it's like we were trapped in the house and couldn't really do anything. And it's all limit this control. Like you, you just I felt a little stuck. I felt a little trapped. So to be completely let free, it was like a bull in the pen, you know, bucking around. And I finally get to just go out and like, you know, everything is in within my own control to like save myself someday or try and win a challenge or try and find an idol. And it's, it's a lot of agency out there on the Island. So I was super excited and everything was just, you know, like complete euphoria. And then once you start with the marooning, I started to try and like glean some things from my tribe mates. Um, Abraham and Tiffany spoke, uh, they were the people to speak at the marooning for us. And you could kind of tell, um, through little mannerisms and stuff that, you know, shelter building is going to be one of the first things that we do. And it didn't seem like Abraham and Tiffany were really going to work very well together. It seemed like they would probably clash. So that was like Mm. initially what I was thinking is, you know, look for the big personalities And point them at each other, you know, have them clash. You want to like try and stir up drama where you're not involved and you can be on the sidelines and maybe even talk to other people about like, oh, yeah, you know, like that's a little ugly. We should probably pick a side.
0: So I hear you talking about those big personalities, Xander, like who were the people closest on the tribe that like you were closest with?
2: Yeah, so everyone was, um, you know, we're all super fans. They're casting now for people who know the show very well. And in that same vein, it's not like you have players who are just behaving like they would um, in their everyday life. Now you have people who are all playing like optimal strategy. So everyone's making friends with everyone. It's all kind of fake. It's all kind of real. We're all like playing each other, which almost like puts everyone on an equal playing field, unless you can do something to try and like, lower yourself so my strategy knowing that a lot of the people were going to be so super fans so like manipulating you know feed them what they think they want feed them that like oh i'm the young curly haired guy who's like i want to be a team player i want to be like here for the group like use me i'm your number i'm kind of just that young guy who you can take advantage of per se and so like i knew from all the self-reflection that i had done and jack's probably had a little bit of experience with that but like my look people tend to think that i'm like a tool <laughs> um i've we'll, gotten would we'll make lot. you say that <laughs> i don't know what it is but like i'll be at party say, i look like a tool <laughs> uh, I, I guess no, I, I, I totally agree, I agree <laughs> but but it's just I like disagree. You know, <laughs> it's like any kind of interaction um I'll be like talking to someone and maybe two minutes in a lot. This happens like it it almost sounds like a joke, but it just happens all the time. And it's its not original. Um, but, Like two minutes in, people will be like, oh, my God, like, I can't believe you can actually hold a conversation. Like, I thought you were such a douche. And it's like, oh, wow. Like, I'm honored. Thanks.
5: <laughs> well, just for
0: clarifications, I never thought you were a douche, but I feel like the first time that we met in New York, uh, five minutes into our conversation, we did have that that same type of conversation where I just was surprised at your not so much, oh, that you can hold a conversation. I just was surprised at your energy. I was surprised at like the 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 realness, the connection, the like the eye contact, the like the fact that you like listening to me. Like I knew that you were friends with Jack and I met Jack. And Jack was aloof, like you know, Jack. Like you know,
4: <laughs> dang, hit that bell. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like it, they. I, I just, I expected. <laughs> oh, he's gone. He's gone. <laughs> it, it was just so different when I met you. I was just like, wow. I, not that I didn't think that you couldn't hold a conversation or anything, but your energy is what really shocked me the most. And I, 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 I felt like then that took our conversation to a whole nother place. But yeah,
2: I loved our conversation. That was a great example of like you know how it's like. That's a very like great example of a better way to approach like, oh, you know, like I appreciate, you know, more that I was like paying attention rather than like, oh, like I thought you were just a douche that like didn't have anything going on, which is what I more, you know, frequently get. So knowing that it was easy that like people are going to start making assumptions, especially, you know, like. That's all you can do in pregame is you're just looking at people and trying to get as much information without any actual substance. So I knew a lot of people would latch on to the idea that I was just like a bit of a dummy, especially if I gave them reason to believe that I was. So talking more like when they sent me on the journey, everyone's like, oh, yeah, Xander's the most trustworthy person. He's the person that we want to send out uh, to the island. It's because I was always talking about like, yeah, like I'm so excited. I was showing like it's not that I'm like lying. I'm just showing one side of my personality to be the excited, young, like energetic guy who's like, I want to help the team. And I really do. I want to win challenges with the team. And, you know, maybe it's possible that like having a public shared advantage type thing would be. I was talking about, you know, like, hey guys, everyone goes off and looks for idols. But you know what? I say that we use it together because then come merge or come swap, we could figure out some kind of group way to deal with it. And it's not that that wasn't in the cards for me. It's just that I knew how people would perceive that as like, oh, well, this guy's just a dummy. Like he's just going to kind of puppy dog, follow around like we can use him. So I had a lot of people who I knew I was the subservient position and I'm fine with that. I'm fine with lowering myself, minimizing myself, being the secondary person, because I don't really need like the ego stroke to be like I'm in control, you know?
4: Yeah. Well, sticking with relationships, I guess we saw a lot of the Leanna Xander dynamic out there. I was wondering how it really was between you guys out there on the island and then watching it back. I know you saw some things that you might not have seen out there. How did uh, how did you receive some of the stuff that you saw and how are you guys now?
2: Yeah. So um, initially on the island, I think I like, I tried to make connections through like my energy and talking with people and something about like Liana and I's first conversation, you know, she thinks that it it was like, it was both, both of us interpreted it to be that the other was holding back or that the other wasn't that interested in working. Um, You know, like I'd ask some questions and uh, she'd give like one word, like quick answers. And I'm sure she felt the same way that I wasn't giving her, you know, the same kind of feedback. And you know what, I bet it's that we were pretty intimidated by each other. We have both talked ad nauseum on the show about how the other is, you know, a shark laying deep below the water, like clearly athletic, clearly smart. You know, she's telling me Georgetown McKinsey internship. It's like, okay. She's like, you know, she's got a lot going for her and yet nobody's really paying attention to that. So I think mutually we both saw each other as very big threats that other people weren't paying attention to because of our age. And, you know, that's probably why we got cast is because despite our age, we are very forward thinking, very ambitious, very, you know, like uh, would make good survivor players. So for me, Liana was always someone who like she's the kind of person who when all the the big personalities take each other out she's the one left standing when the dust settles to take the crown and so i always knew that she was going to be one of those players not because the, the biggest sharks you know the ones with their fins way up above the water those aren't going to be the ones to win they'll get taken out those are the big threats but the ones who are lurking below those are the ones who will be there at the end to take the win and yeah. Yeah, our relationship now is very nice. You know, she's a great person. It's been really fun watching it back. Obviously, I was in the bar with Jack when we saw the moment where she she said she hates Let's my- hear it. I was I was on the floor I was dying laughing I mean like I I can appreciate like the show as a story as like Shakespearean and that's just like the best tv that you could ask for it's like old school like that's such a great moment it's iconic so I was cracking up I can so appreciate that in the heat of competition when you know I'm up there and I'll admit like I loved that challenge. I walked into that challenge with the biggest smile on my face. And I was like, oh, my God, like this is my favorite challenge. I've only ever dreamed of doing this. So when I'm up there, you know, clinging to the to the post and I'm like smiling, I bet that's just absolutely nauseating for her. So so I don't The lie detector. That's a lie for me, though. (laughs) (laughs) It's like I think. Honestly, um, my unrelenting optimism for a lot of things in the game did piss people off because it's like. Why am I enjoying this so much? I shouldn't be. I should be hungry. I'm on the bottom. Nobody wants to give me any power. Everyone's saying you're the next to go. So why would I be happy? But that's just me as I approach everything with an unrelenting positivity. And it's like, you're not going to bring me down. I'm loving this. I'm loving that I'm out here in the jungle. I know that I can try and win a challenge, that I've got my strength. I trust myself. So like, you can't bring me down. And I think that smile on my face represents the fact that, I just wasn't someone that people could like get. I was kind of like a thorn in a lot of people's side, and she hated it. (laughs) She did hate it. Um, But now we're all cool, you know. I uh, she she was like, "Hey, like I'm in Chicago. We were gonna hang out." She's awesome. Um, No hard feelings. I know that. Like social media, it's so um, so vulnerable to go on a show and to just put yourself out there. So I really like don't want any hate towards Liana. She's an amazing person. And, you know, everyone should just appreciate that that's an awesome TV moment, that Mm -hmm. it was, we were in the game, out there on the island. She was just caught up in the heat of competition. And I'm a competitive person. I get it. I love that. So, uh, yeah, no, she's Yeah, we love a good rivalry during the show, but I feel like in the most, for most cases
3: after the show, you know, the dust settles, you can kind of just wipe it off and, and be friends. So it's good to hear that that's the case. You just said a little bit, though, Something that may have bothered, uh, your, your competitors was how much of a thorn you were in their side, like your, your, your refusal to, to kind of, uh, ever give up. And in the pre-merge, the ossotrobe kind of started off a little bit messy, uh, lost the first challenge, lost the second challenge, uh, and you found both an advantage and an idol that had drawbacks, especially that idol that took away your vote for several votes pre-merge up until the merge when you were able to activate it. This season, the, the twist was a little bit different in that they had these drawbacks. And and you know before you open the idol that it's a it's a beware advantage. As someone who held a lot of advantages multiple times throughout the season, how did that sort of dilemma of the beware element change the way you approached it? And how did that factor into sort of your underdog story, especially at pre-merge?
2: Yeah. Um, so seeing the beware advantage, I was very much in the mindset of like, this is the first time it's ever happened. I'm sure that nobody else has found one yet because like I was being very proactive about, you know, Liana was like, Hey, do you think Voce is looking for an idol? And I was like, yeah, yeah. yeah." Like you go check that way. I'll go check this way. And it was very inconspicuous, uh, found it like very quickly. So I knew that I was going to be one of the first to find it. And it's like, you know, new era, new season. I could be the first person in survivor history to get a chance to you know, be dealt this card. So no matter what it is, I really didn't think it would be that bad because I thought if they were gonna take a step towards drawbacks, for idols, then they were going to try and make it something moderate, but they really did. They Uh, (laughs) they took a leap in terms of punishment (laughs) because the fact that nobody else found the idols meant that I went the pre-merge without a vote. Um, And it's like really hard to explain how vulnerable of a position that is, unless you're out there, because the most basic right you have is your vote and you don't even have that. You can't even say someone hey, I'll vote with you. Like, I have no leverage. I have absolutely nothing. So I had to take a huge pivot. And rather than say, like, I have leverage in terms of, like, we could work together. It was, again, like, thankfully, I had been playing that sort of, you know, younger guy type. And it worked out perfectly because then I could be like, hey, guys, I found an advantage. It'll stifle my power for a bit. But it's going to be great when the swap comes great when the merge comes we're going to work together we're going to pull off some crazy you know russell Hans parvati move and we're going to get to the end together and if i just keep showing this naivety of like we're going to get to the end together we've all got this then they're going to think like oh it's not as threatening that he has these advantages so it wasn't really much of a question i rolled the dice um i rolled the dice in terms of like letting people know so much of what i was doing and by being so openly honest they're they see me as less threatening. They see it as dumb. And so the interesting thing about the, uh, the idol itself is that I got walked up on with my, you know, book manual of instructions for for the (laughs) idol. And I'm like, I was actually taking time to like read it and make sure I had everything right. Like, am I going to have to say this at every challenge? Is it only when someone else finds one? Mm. Um, So I was like reading it thoroughly. And then Voce and Evie come up and I knew that it'd be a way worse look for me to stuff something in my pocket than it would be to say, hey, guys, like I had to make the first move. I had to think on my feet and yeah. go right to them and say, hey, guys, I found this thing. Like then they're not putting it in their mind that I'm untrustworthy or that I'm going to lie to them. They're thinking, oh, well, maybe he's a little too trusting, which is good for me.
3: Yeah. And thankfully, you only had to go one vote without your vote because <laughs> you guys ended up pulling out some some close challenges a lot yeah. due to to, due to your challenge performance. but. It definitely I feel you being that vulnerable pre-merge with no vote with a tribe that has been losing. Uh, is definitely a dicey situation.
2: Yeah. And the hardest thing uh, about that vote was that Voce was my closest ally at the time. And I knew the instant that I didn't have a vote that it was going to be me or him because tiffany evie and liana seemed to be pretty tight and i knew that given my strategy of like lowering myself and minimizing myself i needed to find someone who was a bigger target than myself which voce is brilliant you know he's a neurosurgeon at u chicago go Maroons. um and so we had bonded a lot over like he's very intelligent he's very you know like calculated and people could see that a lot of the, the women on our tribe could see that so for me all i had to do is go to Tiffany and say, you know, hey, like Bochy's got a final two deal with Evie, And hey, like Bochy's a neurosurgeon at like one of the best schools in the country. He's brilliant. He's calculated. He's going to be dangerous at the merge. And he's also someone who, you know, it doesn't seem like he'd choose himself, you know, very intelligently over any of us any step of the way whereas my character role that i was giving to them is that like no no i'm for the team i'm not going to choose selfish i'm going to choose you know pro us whereas voce is a very like you know um someone who's smart enough to play for themselves so it was like The, the move then was get the target off of me and put it on to someone else and throw someone under the bus, which it's sad that it was Voshe because he was the person I was closest to, but um, it definitely helped that we went on the uh, the sweat challenge together because that was a moment where it's like, all right, Voce and I isolate ourselves. Like he said, you know, it's a weenie move. The difference between his move for going on the sweat challenge and my move for going on the sweat challenge is that I felt like I could quickly make bonds with the women maybe better than he could because he's clearly a threat. He's very openly intelligent.
0: So what I love about this is like, this is all like pre-merge stuff and shout out to Voche for being my third boot brother. Okay. And Jack, I'm not sure if you know this, but I never made the merge before. I am curious to know, Xander, like what was it like when you realized, and I know that it was a, You made the merge. You kind of didn't make the merge. But when you realize that I accomplished this, I made the
1: merge.
2: What was that like? I mean, it was incredible. So I knew based off of the way the idol was phrased, you can um, I mentioned it in one of the tribals, I think it is. But I figured, yeah, I said that there might not be a swap because the way that the idol works, there's no way they're putting me on another island for me to find another idol where I lose my vote and then I've got two. It was going to be something where we stay on each of the beaches and each person has to find their own idol. So I figured another swap wasn't coming, which was a bad thing for me because it meant that we were going to have to go so hard in the challenges because Luvu was just unbelievably stacked and Ua had some pretty strong characters uh, themselves too. So I knew that it was just going to be such an uphill battle and like I was going to have to put like a thousand percent into everything. And to really see that come to fruition and and, oh my god i mean just the elation that they capture in like every pre-emerge yasa win that was so unbelievably real because it was like it's a life or death challenge every single time and it was always the fear of like oh man this could be the end of my survivor journey if i don't just make this you know beanbag (laughs) (laughs) so having that much ride in like you know a a beanbag layup uh and some money it's uh, a pretty big (laughs) deal and then to get to the merge money yeah money (laughs) (laughs) tribal i I love jd's awesome he's great he'll be back and he's phenomenal he's got a lot more to show but yeah like getting to the merge it was like hey i made it this far i'm gonna again i'm gonna be so appreciative and this was like The merge was kind of the point, you know, in casting, it's like, well, yeah, but you're like a late pre-merge player or the first merge boot. Like everybody said in their predictions or, you know, people giving me advice or even like casting. It's like you are the first merge boot or you're the one right before the merge. Like that's where people like me go. It's either you take them out at the pre-merge because you want to reduce the amount of threats later on, or you're just like, hey, it's the merge. Let's target someone easy who everyone knows is a threat. So i I knew that this was like if i could make it past this little hump especially with getting the idol activated and having my extra vote that i would be able to really make a deep run i just needed to make it past like the first two tribals
0: oh real quick xander though you said like if you make it past the merge and you're the first merge boot, that means you an easy vote out right yeah. okay okay Hello,
2: Wendell. Oh, he's, well, he's saying like... Um, <laughs> like you were a big target. Not an uh, easy vote out into the sense that like you're rolling over and dying. I mean, easy in the sense that like you can go, hey, like let's get out Wendell because he's a great player. So it makes sense. <laughs> Everyone can agree.
3: It's like a, like an Aussie or like a Joe Anglum type of archetype where it's like, all right, well, they're great at challenges. I mean, even when Zan and I were talking before you went out there, it was sort of like, yeah, that could be a dangerous spot for you because everyone's going to know you're, you're a great player and they might just band together and take you out. And with that being said, going into the merge, obviously the whole hourglass twist shook out. But at the same time, you're we still meeting everybody on the beach despite being in two separate groups. Two-thirds of the people in the game at that point were people you hadn't interacted with because they were on other tribes. What was that sort of dynamic like, having had no swap, meeting all these different players from three different tribes, uh, especially with the, with the severe number imbalance, with Luhu having six people, Uwa having two? What were your thoughts hitting that, the Merge Beach?
2: Yeah, that's the thing that um, I think doesn't, it comes across the least on TV is that element of like, I don't know these people. I've never spoken to like, you know, 80% of them. And the only thing they've ever heard me say is I truly believe butterflies are just dead relatives saying hi. That's yeah. all they've heard me say. So they think I'm like, you know... Um, what is it? Uh, fast Times at Ridgemont High. They think I'm I'm like uh, Stracolier or whatever his name. Is. <laughs> they think I'm like, yeah, man, you know, like butterflies are just dead relatives saying <laughs> hi. They think I'm some pothead stoner. So to try and make like,
0: ain't nothing you, wrong with that though. Listen, ain't oh, with, oh, ah, oh oh. <laughs>
2: So to to try and strategize with a bunch of people who are already starting to rule me out, I was kind of at a disadvantage. Everybody knew about my idol. Everybody knew about my extra vote. I figured that my target would be huge, something that they really didn't show either is that, you know, Jeff always prompts everyone. He's talking about like, well, what do you think of the other tribe? What do you think about people being voted out? And there were a couple times where people would be like, well, clearly like Xander's carrying the team on Yasa or he's like running the show on Yasa. And it's like really wasn't helping my case. It was either like I was at the bottom of the three women or I was running the three women and people on the other tribes didn't know. It was the case that I was on the bottom very hard, like very much so. Um, but like for, for other people, It's like, wow, Alexander's really having to put in a lot of work to make these wins happen. So it just continued to raise my threat level. And by the time it came to the merge, it was very much at like a boiling point.
0: So I I love that. And what I also like post-merge, pre-merge, when you first got out to that beach and you like took a look at the cast and you really saw that, like, oh, my God, wow, this is like one of the most diverse cast ever in Survivor history. Like, what did you think of that? And had you had any knowledge of the diversity campaign that had been going on prior to your season? And, like, do you feel like that in any way influenced your game or, or changed your gameplay?
2: Yeah, so I knew about the, um, the 50% BIPOC mandate, and I thought that it wasn't going to be a problem for me because, like, a big part of my life story was like you know Jacksonville's a great place but you don't get as much cultural experience as the big city it's like very much uh, you know a little homogenous a little um harder to find varied cultures uh, so I, when I was making my college decisions, I uh, was big in between Dartmouth or Chicago, and a huge deciding factor was Chicago's an amazing city. I love strangers. I love culture. I, I want to see the museums and meet people from different walks of life and different places among the planet. Like I'm, you know, a very thorough traveler. I'm a huge budget traveler. I road trip all the time. Uh, I live out of my car and it's like, amazing some of the people that you meet i mean like like just fun, random strangers. Like, uh, when it started hailstorming on, um, Pike's peak and I hitchhiked with two Texan ostrich farmers who had just discovered marijuana because they fought a battle with cancer. It's like, those people are so cool. And like, I would have never met them. And it's just fun to like interact and hear people's stories. Like that's the coolest thing is you don't have to go out and find out that like the apple falls and that's gravity. You can hear about someone else experiencing it and learn from other people. And it's almost like a journalist approach to like, I want to see what these people have to offer me. Like they've all got such incredible stories and it's survivors. So of course, casting is picking the best of the best cream of the crop, like amazing people. And if I can just like figure out what it is that they have to teach me, that's going to bond us really well.
4: I think that's incredible. Your willingness to be open to other people and want to learn about other people in their walks of life. And on the Island, we saw you connect with Danny and that was a pretty, awesome connection i just wanted to know what what kind of brought you guys together and what was the nature of that relationship
2: yeah i love talking to danny um danny's a great guy he's very you know very level-headed very calm he reminds me of my dad so like i gravitated to him because he was so like calm sturdy just like an amazing presence to talk to i mean like how could you not just want to grab a beer with him he's like the coolest dude he's got such incredible stories you know we talked about um, that he played at LSU on, the on the journey. So I figured, you know, LSU, if he's playing college ball at LSU, he might've gone pro. And so we started talking about the Jags and, you know, he's talking about how the Jags are the graveyard for good players. And so we're joking about the Jags and about, you know, some of our favorite players, what the season might look like coming up. Um, and you know, a lot of, uh, LSU players like Chark and, um, yeah, from the, from the Jags. So it was fun to talk to him about that and talk to him about life, his wife, his baby, and just like how he had, um, you know, really made, you know, without telling me that he was an NFL player, telling me that, you know, he'd definitely helped their life situation that he'd been making his way up in the world and providing for his wife and providing for his kid. And one of the the more moving moments for me on the island was when he explained to me how he won the balance challenge with the uh, the rod and the ball bounced on it. So I thought I had that challenge because I know that like I can get in this zone that's just unbreakable where I'm like so hyper focused, so calm, so balanced, just like in the moment. And Danny, uh, you could hear Jeff talking about how Danny was shaking. And so I figured the moment I heard a drop, it would be an indication that I was like, fine. And, you know, I was so like quiet. I was playing this, like, you know, uh, very soft, like, piano music in my head, playing, like, Claire de Lune. are like, you?
3: Was <laughs> it <laughs> <So>, like... <laughs> Was that what you were playing? <laughs> yeah. Just
2: something, something like that, but, um, you know, the wind's blowing through, and Jeff is, you know, he's giving his smooth whisper talk, and that's when that's when everything gets really calm. Are you alive. getting an impression yeah. of that? Yeah, so Jeff will be like, you know, listen to the Fijian air, like, the breeze, focus, you've got nothing else, you're right here. In this moment, you're on Survivor. And so Jeff will like start talking like that. And and then, you know, it's almost like glass. Like I just had this like glass around me and I was just. It was weird. I was very in the zone. But when Ricard dropped, it was like, whoa. And I just kind of shot back and like the glass shattered and I dropped. And Danny's still staying strong, even though Danny's right next to right next to Ricard. So I talked to Danny about it because as a competitor, I want to know like what I could have done differently. And his strategy, whereas mine was quiet and peaceful and balanced and zen. Danny yeah, rock music. He, he was saying the names of his loved ones over and over and over mm. again, as loud as he could wow. in his head. You know, he was just repeating his wife's name and his daughter's name mm. and his father's, father's over and over and over again in his head wow. and blocking everything out. And that was like such an incredible moment to hear that. Like, you know, it was it was very nice to like be humbled in that way. Like, if I'm going to lose a challenge, that's a great way to lose a challenge because it's a cool thing to hear, a cool thing to learn. He's, he's an incredible dude, you know. Um, I, I did have, I felt very close to him out there and uh you know very much like a coach father figure type mentor kind of guy um yeah
4: i have bad flashbacks about that challenge because on ghost island i uh had an advantage and i still got beat at that challenge Oop! (laughs) so but um i just want to stay on on you and danny for a little bit longer you guys had a very powerful moment at tribal where he called you an ally. Mm. And as a black man in America, I know how important it is to have allies, especially in the white community. Um, I had a very, a very profound moment with my buddy Dom, where he spoke on the Ahmad Aubrey situation a year ago. And he went to his Instagram and he spoke about, it and I was, I was just, I was just surprised that he would speak up like that. And that, that was my deep allyship moment. So. When Danny called you an ally out there, I was like, wow, he has a lot of respect for that guy. And then you stepped up and you recognized your privilege at tribal council and you spoke about that. I just wanted to know like what that moment was like for you in tribal for you two to have that kind of connection right there.
2: Yeah. I mean, it was so real world. It was so real. And like, I'm still. So, it does, it gets me on the fritz emotionally because, you know, I went out there to play a game and then to to hear these people's stories and Deshawn he's such a you know powerful or- orator he's such a great speaker and Danny too and you know just everyone out there and to hear how much this meant to them and everything that this like meant outside in the real world too it's like wow like this is you know all you could ever ask for as a human being is to be like a part of something bigger to be mm. like more than yourself and so to like be able to you know, I I know that like a lot of people that look like me are often like a little either, you know, rude. It makes sense why people think like I'm a little bit douchey is because people think being like a dick is being cool when that's quite the opposite. Like if you're confident in yourself, then you're going to be caring and empathetic and want to work with people and get to know people because you don't have to prove to other people that, you know, you're confident and cool. Like you just, you want to like help other people. So, so for me, it was amazing that like, I, you know, got to meet these incredible people and be a part of their story and be a part of something greater. And maybe even like help change the, you know, the course of that toxic masculinity. Like, yeah, that, that stereotype of like, oh, to be cool, you got to be a dick. Like, no, to be cool, you got to be caring because it shows that you're not afraid of like making yourself vulnerable because you're confident in yourself. Absolutely.
0: Um, I, I, but before you go into that, Jake, definitely um and not even about like the toxic masculinity it's just about I feel like in that moment um I I I felt like for me what I got out of it was like you know you recognizing your privilege as like a white man and you get to go out here and just play survival and like you know and I felt like in that moment uh with Liana with Deshaun, with Danny really saying like it's For us, it ain't like we don't have that privilege. We don't have that luxury to just come out here. And I, I, I so felt it on my own season, um, because I didn't feel like I had the privilege just to come out there and just to be myself. Um, and so for me, like just to hear you say that, like, you know, just to hear you acknowledge that and speak upon that, because I feel like a lot of problems or issues come about is when like people don't recognize their own privilege. Um, and so for me, it was just really a, very powerful moment for just to hear someone like you say that do you has that at all altered like your way of thinking how you see other people like after survivor
2: yeah I mean I think that it the greatest thing about it is that like that was from the heart and that's like truly how I feel but just to like put it into words and have a conversation about it it's certainly like it solidifies it going forward. Like that's something that I want to be intrinsic about me. I don't want to let go of that. I don't want to forget that. So it definitely like later on in life, I think it's going to be, and and now currently it's like, I, you know, I'm acknowledging just like the impact that we all have on each other. and how we should be working on creating a better society and being better to each other. And it's just, yeah, it, it was a beautiful moment. I really, I'm so grateful for that. It brought me to tears. Yeah,
3: it was a great moment. And watching that and watching
2: you in that situation,
3: you articulated so well a lot of the things that I think being in a similar position as you, like a similar, I mean, similar points of privilege, like going to the same school. So, and just the whole moment was fantastic. Uh, I think it's a good time to discuss a couple lighter topics. Uh, and also you were talking about a challenge and getting to the zone. It's tradition here that during some of the podcasts, we like to do a little challenge, a little competition. Uh, so I think while we talk about some of these uh, more fun topics, I think we do a little challenge. If you guys have like a water bottle or anything, I got this right here. We'll do a little head balancing. Comp- oh, he's got the one from the island. Bryce is going to grab one. Um,
4: I got my I got my wine glass, but I don't know if uh, this that's is a, a good, good idea.
3: One. Are You gonna sip this one out?
4: No, nah, this is too aggressive. I have a water bottle. All
2: right, you can we do the wine bottle. Oh, the the classical music. No, you you gotta you know you, the the names of your loved one just over and over and over yes. again. I'm gonna sing a
3: Jack Harlow song in my head. Um, <laughs> uh, Bryce, where are you at? I'll do a wine bottle. Mine is a, a wine
1: bottle.
4: <laughs> All right, for those listening that aren't watching the YouTube, Bryce can't find a bottle. Zaddy Xander has his official water bottle from the island. Jack has an orange water bottle. Yeah. yeah. Bryce, Bryce well, you Bryce... got extra patty on your head, Bryce? <laughs> Bryce hey. like he's cheating. Hey, got a, you little a, glass,
3: a glass cup, Bryce? Yeah. Oh,
4: okay. So. Oh, they on okay. your
3: brim of your hat. What's this? For I'm immunity
4: and I'm... reward. Oh. Oh, you guys are already up there. All right, ready? Survivors ready? You oh. have three seconds to let go. Three. This bottle's uh, One. Oh. oh
3: nice.
5: Oh. Oh. And I win! You won, I know,
4: right? Was tough, Brad.
3: I, I think we used the wrong bottles this time. I, was gonna, I, I didn't even have time to go Jeff Probst on you guys. Feel the soft noise of the Jacksonville air. <laughs> Did I win? Oh. We yeah, Is you know, that your no, first no, challenge no, winner no, of the podcast, Don't Mike? Don't do that, Jack. Um, right, so in life, don't do some that. of the points we want to talk about, Bryce and I, we've we debated in the previous podcast, who is the president of the Zaddy Xander fan club? Oh. Um, yeah. <laughs> now, I, 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 for me, I give Bryce, he can be the president of the Zaddy fan club, I'll be the president of the Xander fan club. But Xander, real quick, if, if we're building the Zaddy Zander empire, can you give us three each a role, kind of in the in the in your cabinet, and yeah, also
0: yeah. just keep in mind, Xander, this podcast can end
2: real quick. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm thinking like this is like the founding Zothers, you know?
5: Oh!
3: oh baby, oh, the founding Zothers!
0: <laughs> you know how to answer them questions. George
3: Zaddington, <laughs> <laughs> Christopher
4: Gazumbis. <laughs> that was not good. That was good. Is, Hey guys, my Zother
3: bought me this buff. <laughs> Have you ever seen this on buff? <laughs> Maybe we can get Christian Ubiki on board as the uh, what is it? The, the, the controller, controller, Comptroller of Zaddy Town. <laughs> yes. Um, also, real on. quick though, Xander,
0: if I say. Uh, I have the know-with-all to know that I would have liked you. Do you know what I meant by saying know-with-all? Just because I like uh, to just clear right. that up as well on this podcast while we got you. Um, no, I don't. Uh, oh!
3: oh, 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 oh. You're fired! Right, it's, it's a wherewithal, or the, like the knowledge. Or the knowledge. And There's com- another one. Combining them. In Bryce language, it's the know-with-all. You can combine standard uh. and Zaddy, but you can't combine knowledge and wherewithal my dad said i could <laughs> did your dad give you that bump Bryce? <laughs> yeah, he did yeah. um Bryce, i know you wanted to ask xander about a little uh routine he does if you want to tap into that i know the uh the, the men the women the, the thems as you said yes We're,
5: well my you.
0: i also want to know xander what was your thoughts on like the actual zaddy thing zaddy with an x like becoming a thing on twitter
2: um, yeah, I don't go on Twitter as much as I, I probably should. But, um, yeah, I mean, like, I'm I think it's fun. I love uh, playing along with it. It's it's great to just like anything that gets the community involved and like makes it more fun and keeps Survivor going, you know, 20 more years. Let's just keep it going. Listen, I listen, 20 more years. My odds
0: of that are good. Also, the gays seem to love Xander. Why do you think that is? And do you embrace the love from the LGBTQ plus
2: community? Totally. Yeah. I, mean, I think it's because like, I'm just, I, I like really firmly believe that if you're comfortable in your sexuality, mm. it shouldn't matter what someone else is. Come on. You can be comfortable around them. So
0: Co- Xander, say it again. <laughs> For the toxic masculinity in the back.
2: Right. Okay. Yeah. So so there were nights where like, you know, Ricard and I always uh, slept in the shelter together. Um, and so like we'd have our own corner and Ricard would be shivering when I wake up. So I'd take my, you know, I'd take my jacket and I'd wrap him up and we'd, we'd uh, get the warmth going. And like, that's not a bad thing for me. I'm not like uncomfortable with that because, you know, I'm comfortable in my sexuality. He's comfortable in his. And, you know, it's not like you have to be worried or scared about that. It's so foreign to me to think that people would, you know, that, like showing homophobia would be like a confidence thing. It's more of like a fear thing. That's because you're insecure.
0: Come on. Talk about it. Come on. If you're curious, you're curious. You don't got to be scared of that. Uh I love that Sandra. Uh but also cuz listen, cuz I despite what Jack say was the uh, president of the Zaddy club on the Twitter, okay? Jack was an official officer. But and so I like to keep things in check. And um For me, if I consider you my friend, I don't play about you on the Twitter, on the Instagram and Spicy Brycey comes out. So like, you know, I'm very protective of my friend Wendell. Somebody talk about do I I listen, I go, "Whoa!" somebody talk about Jack, I retweeted. But for you, like, I I, I tried to keep my ears to the streets about like what people were thinking and saying about you. And for me, what I also thought was just so interesting was like people loved your hair. Like they wanted to know, like, what was... (laughs) Xander's hair routine on and off the island. Yeah, wait. <laughs> Before you answer that, okay, let me just tell you what my uh, my hair routine is. Okay, because you ain't the only one.
4: <laughs> <laughs> so, what's do, your routine, Bryce? Okay, yeah.
0: that could do a little curly. Listen, my routine is you plop it on. <laughs> okay, what's good, Zed? Okay, what's I good, like Zander?
3: <laughs> wow, Zander, give him some help. What's the what is my dad help? got me this cogion buster?
2: Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, like, I should definitely patent the process, but no, it, it's it's just salt. Um, yeah. Growing up, so like I had short, straight hair and then I started growing it out, started using, you know, a little less shampoo, just not like globbing it on. I think a lot of people take like, you know, just like a ton and just like really rub it in thoroughly. Just, I'm moderate with it, about it and then salt. So like if I'm back home in Florida... I jump in the ocean and I don't wash my hair out. I let the salt curl it up. And then if I'm in Chicago, I get a little salt spray or like, yeah, I mean, I guess you could just throw some salt, the salt shaker in there, whatever works. But the salt definitely makes it curl. OK,
4: well, yeah, but, well, this thing kind of stay curled. Uh, Bryce, what's your hair routine under there?
0: <laughs> First of all, this is my natural hair real quick. I've been growing yeah. it out. But Xander, can I get a, a, a hair uh flip and Jack and Wendell. If you guys could judge uh who has the the better hair flip.
2: Okay. That was okay. the fun thing about watching the season back is like how many shots they just got of <laughs> in the water, taking my hair like <laughs> Oh, there
4: it is. That
2: was a good one. Wait, no, he, he got it. That was a good again. one.
0: Do it one more time, Xander. Hold away. Give me a second.
4: <laughs> Don't you can't do it yet, Xander. We have to wait for this oh. fool to come back. For those uh listening and not watching. Bryce Isaiah all of a sudden Sorry, has y'all. long, curly I hair.
0: All right, go oh ahead. Do it again, Xander's.
3: <laughs> oh. 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 Oh, okay. Jack, what was that? I'm giving that a, a 9 out of 10, and it's only missing a point, because if it was wet from the ocean, it would look that that much oh. better. Okay. Yeah. I'm you doing? Doing that.
4: I'm giving it a nine to five.
3: Oh. Okay. All right. Is That's it my
0: got, well, well Wendell, describe to the people that are listening what me and Xander are doing, because you know
4: we gotta, you know, Okay, yes. For people. those for those uh listening and not watching, Xander has his natural, curly, wonderful, luxurious hair flowing down his cheeks looking wonderful. And and, <laughs> and when I look at Bryce he has a, a what looks to be an official Kagiyan buff on his head, holding down a hair that goes t- to his shoulders, and it looks like it looks kind of ombre because it's dark at the roots and it's lighter as it grows out. Asymmetrical and bang, yeah. asymmetrical it bang.
3: Looks like Xander's hair if he was a distressed middle aged mother. <laughs> <laughs> okay now we're doing a
0: competition of who has the better hair flip now jack to recap you gave xander a nine
3: point xander got a nine from me and a okay. 9.25 from wendell for its total 18.25 so we're gonna see if if bryce could top it
0: okay see, now xander can you give me like some baywatch hums or like you know a little mm, little something that, that i could like really get the you know, just really get in the the spirit of this.
2: Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll try. Okay. mm, mm, (laughs) The the Baywatch song. (laughs) Okay. Maybe maybe a little Survivor
3: song? Yeah. Oh,
2: okay. Oh,
1: no.
2: (laughs) Oh,
4: no. Bryce just poured water on his head. For those of you not watching, go to YouTube right now and watch this full
3: Bryce is in the bucket <laughs> count. <laughs> Bryce just
4: poured water on his head wow.
3: twice. What what what's my score? I'm gonna have to give it an 8.99. <laughs> That's a ten.
4: That's a ten. Uh, things I can't unsee. Uh, can when we give you- negative points?
3: <laughs> it can't be negative because Xander's humming was too good. <laughs> 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 oh.
4: I'm legitimately but, crying. I yeah, didn't see that coming.
3: Y'all, if you if you're not like one said, if you're not watching the YouTube, you gotta go check it out. I I'm dying right now. I was, I was, that's top tier commitment. I can't. I can't lie. Listen, if if Xander is in the building, we gotta show out. Bryce is currently still sitting in his seat. faces very wet. Has <laughs> wig is off. Hats on. Computer is wet. <laughs> Bryce's wig was looking like a squirrel that fell in the pool. <laughs>
4: all right Bryce I think you lost that challenge brother I gladly will lose it to a zaddy Zand yeah. oh my goodness let's let's get can, can we keep this thing moving Bryce is that all right just want to let
0: Zand know from that water pouring on me I'm I'm shivering
2: <laughs> <laughs> we got my jacket oh, yeah. I'll, parachute, I'll parachute into your yard I got you bro. <laughs> oh my goodness
4: back to survivor talk Xander, if these idols weren't so public and you didn't have to make these proclamations with them and say you just found an idol, uh, would you have shared that information with anybody on your tribe or how would you have changed your strategy if you would have found an idol that you would have just kept for
2: yourself? It would have been really interesting to see it play out because that would have been the one thing, whereas like the extra vote, I'm telling everybody about it. I would have been able to keep the idol secret could have been like great for me at some point. Um, Yeah. It would have been nice to be like my own, you know, little thing that only I know about. And it would have been, I'm sure it would have come huge and handy, especially when people don't know um, that it's coming and then I can actually like know that it's coming, maybe pull off a, crazy move. The problem with my idol is that like, it really hurt me every step of the way in so many different facets than I would have imagined. So not only does everybody know about it, so it's a huge target, but, um, if I don't play it for people who are my allies, when they're going home, it's almost the same as voting them out. Um, at least in their eyes, like I told Tiffany and Evie, I said, I'd never write their names down. And I never did. That was like, the promise that i would keep but it wasn't enough because they knew it was within my power to save them but you know it's just like when i have that and i'm telling them especially because i had to overpromise. i had to say this is for us this is ours this is like an us thing otherwise people were gonna you know get wise and vote me out so the way to try and keep it around is just to say it's not mine it's yours it's ours it's we it's us not me it's not mine personally and when you're telling people that and they believe it it hurts a lot more when you don't actually end up you know giving it to them
3: and i think a big thing that we've talked about in the past um with your game is that like you said a lot of times people are surprised by the energy that you bring the conversations that you're able to have and especially because you're just a younger guy people you know whether it's one in the final tribal council, or, or discussing after, said that oftentimes they felt like some of the things you did was were, were disingenuous. When I, I really feel like, in having talked to you after, the bonds you built were genuine. You understood that at certain times you were going to have to let people go from the game, whether that's by voting them out or by not saving them. Uh, can you talk a little bit more about that? Because I, I do think you you hit the nail on the head with a lot of people just weren't ready to. At first, they didn't want to open up to you, and then they opened up to you and, and, and realized that they were surprised by the, their relationship with you. And then maybe that hurt even more for you to let them go from the game. Can you can you kind of elaborate
2: on that? Yeah, I think that was probably, like, the thing that hurt the most about my game. It's like, you know, uh, the loss, you know, of course, it's going to be pretty devastating, but um, I can work past it. You know, I can keep I can let it fuel me I can let it you know say like hey this is going to help me grow this is going to help me mature it's going to strengthen me and push me forward to that next bigger and better thing like I'm not going to let it stop me but to have a bunch of people say that like a lot of the bridges that you had built especially when they meant so much like Wendell and you know you were talking about how like real world it was and how important it was for so many people like I felt that. I felt like our relationships were like so powerful and they meant so much. And so to be called like ingenuine and that like my character was brought into question multiple times at Final Tribal, that was pretty crushing. And at that point it had less become about the win and more of just like defending my character, which it sucks that like that's what the argument ended up having to be. Um The thing that boggles my mind is like, we all know it's a game and we're coming into this game with the pretext of the fact that we're going to have to vote each other out. And maybe it's the fact that they just didn't think I was smart enough to make a move on them before they could make a move on me. But like you can have these true real relationships and separate that from gameplay. I think maybe people thought that they got too intertwined and took it personally, um, especially cause I was kind to everyone. Like there was nobody I was mean to, there was nobody I was, you know, not showing like, you know, the best side of my humanity too. so a lot of people went back to ponderosa and told the same stories of me keeping them warm and being kind to them and they're starting to think maybe it's strategy maybe he's just like using this maybe he's yeah. not genuine and so things like i think the culmination of all of that is me giving up the reward for erica like it can be two things at once. Like it doesn't have to be one thing or the other. Like, yes, it benefits me a lot strategically. I get to check the Sarah Lucina bench. I get to make bonds with the losers afterwards. And I get to make a bond with Erica. But I also like see that Erica's in pain. And like, as a human being, like it's, I I get the best of both worlds. I get to make a strategic move and help someone. Like, why wouldn't you take that opportunity? And, you know, I, um, grilled cheese is great. And I was like, so hungry, you know, Tiffany was talking about how, like, I wouldn't have eaten it because I was paleo. I had two entire pizzas that, you know, on the pizza reward, like I would have broken any diet for, for food. I was 17 days of just coconut water. So I was so ready to eat, but you know what? It was worth it more to me to like further myself in the game and also as a human being so you know like erica's amazing Uh, she's great i love her and so like to know that like you know she came to me after that and was like it really like she's been thinking of grilled cheese the entire time she was on exile and she was like i manifested the fact that it was the grilled cheese award and then i drew the gray rock and i was like well then yeah nobody should have to draw the gray rock twice like if there's gonna be some kind of luck element and i've been in a better position both well, I guess not both times because I was on the bad tribe uh, the first time around. But like if I have the power to do something and like kind of fix those odds, it could also benefit me in other ways. Like, sure, I'm going to take that opportunity.
3: And if I could add to that real quick, I think the frustrating thing to me, too, when when talking about all of this is and I don't, I don't want to like call anybody out necessarily, but there, there is a lot of hypocrisy in the season where. You know, a Ricard, for example, makes a huge move on Shannon. As a viewer, I'm like, hey, I can respect that move. And then you make a move by not saving Ricard when he's obviously the biggest threat in the game. And at least, you know, on the jury, I know you guys have a great relationship now. But on the jury, he's like, oh, well, you stabbed me in the back. Like, you can't really have it both ways in my mind. And as a viewer and as your friend, that was also a really frustrating element of it. Because it's like, hey, if you were on season one and you were doing that, and that's kind of against everyone's like little moral code. Then maybe that's how it goes, but this is survivor 41. Uh, drop the four, keep the one, but it's uh, <laughs> as Jeff was that. there, but yeah, it's just like, like you said, it's, it's a game and the relationships are obviously real. And you know, to me, you could, you could shake hands after it's all said and done and, uh, and be friends, but it's not always like that and that's kind of a shame.
0: So can I ask a question, Xander? Like, sorry to cut you off about the answer, but this just on my spirit and it's kind of like off the cuff a little bit, but like, I, I am curious, like, your thoughts on like, when People are are like when you said, like, you know, two things can be true at once. Like I can actually be doing a good deed and I can actually be like helping my gameplay. And I, another thing that you said that kind of like rung to me was like, you know, I try to be nice to everybody and that like, you know, I want that. Like, can you see the opposite side of the coin of like, for me, it's like and I feel like Wendell and I have this argument a lot. Of the time is that when we meet someone, um, say Mr. Apple, Wendell's like, Oh my god, it's a Macintosh apple, I love it. Like, you know, and for me, I'm like, I don't trust that apple. They ain't walk from the tree, Like, you know, I like just because of the background of me being an openly gay black man and the experience that I have experienced through my life, is like I'm used to not being seen, I'm used to not being heard, I'm used to being ridiculed. There are things in me that make myself me. And so I say this to say that, like, again, Wendell and I have a lot of disagreements because, like, Wendell's like, you're always so negative, Bryce, at times. And I'm like, it's not that I'm negative. I just see life differently. and you're more
3: skeptical. Oh, a
0: little more skeptical. My upbringing and what I have been through. So I just question. Don't get me wrong. Like, I'm not I'm pushing back on you a little bit in the sense of, you know, like when you say that they're coming against your character, like. Could you see the flip side of it of like, maybe it's not necessarily coming at your character, like calling you disingenuous. It's just like, maybe to others, it's like, I've never seen this before. It's too good to be true. And if it's too good to be true, then I can't trust it. And that's disingenuous. So not necessarily so much about you, just about where that person has come from. And if I've never seen a person that is going to give me the the coat off their back, if I've never seen a person that is like going to be comfortable being around a gay man, if I never, like, you know what I mean? Like it, it, it oftentimes comes off like as an attack when it's really like i've never seen something like this before
2: more self-defense yeah right um and then that's why like i said initially it was so hard for me like coming back fresh from the island i was like running through like oh my god like why do people like think i'm in genuine it's like it's something that's come up in real life too it is like that people are naturally untrusting of the fact that like i yeah, it just doesn't make much sense, especially given like the impression that I give off just by looking at me. Um, I think that it is people go into like that self-defense mode because it doesn't seem like it would be real. And so in terms of like, yeah, it hurt a lot initially because I was so raw and malnourished and like coming out of the game. And now in like thinking about it long-term and like just evaluating it, it like one, it doesn't, it like I did take it personally in the sense that like um I mean I still hadn't eaten it all and like I, I played a game that I knew to be so true and to be so vulnerable and I feel like it's hard being like vulnerable and especially when you know you're gonna like receive some flack for being like so you know caring on a game when you're not supposed to be and and honest and genuine or whatever uh so then to like have that like bite me back, it was a little like, oh, man, like, I mean, and of course, like, you know, you're so caught up in, in being out there on the island, it feels like your life that like, I started to bring into question, like, if all these people are saying this, like, is there something wrong with me? Is there something like, am I like, you know, what is it like do i just give off like an impression of fakeness i think i started thinking like maybe people just think i'm like fake i I don't know um but then in terms of like uh, having so much time to reflect like thank god uh the results came in on the island because i had six months or eight months to just reflect and connect back with myself think to myself you know what I never needed anybody to tell me that I was genuine in the first place. I know that I'm genuine. I know where my intentions lie. And if they don't want to believe that, then that's their loss. You know, like I'm going to continue to be open with people because I've I've had some experiences where like my kindness means that people will take advantage of it and like walk all over <coughs> me. And it's a fine line to walk, to be kind and vulnerable and to not have the people who aren't the best actors like take advantage of that. So I think I was also carrying that burden of like, I know what it's like to be kind when I shouldn't for the wrong people and then have them use that against me. So it was just, it's hard to like, know what the truth is. And so I thankfully had so much time to like actually evaluate connect back with myself. And like, just at the end of the day, like it is just about making yourself proud. And I made myself proud because I, I told my genuine story. And it's like, you know, I I'm sure they've realized now that like, it's not just like an act that I put on um, out there on the Island, but like that I genuinely do care. And so like, that's enough for me to know that like I knew out there. Um, yeah. And that the, the story knew and that, Now they know. And it's it's not about proving to anyone like that was never the point. It was more about just like, you know, making myself proud and giving back to the world.
0: And and so now you know what I mean when I say the Noah fall, right? So if you have this Noah fall of like if that was your perception, would that change your strategy at all?
2: Knowing what you know now? I think I think the thing that would change it is like, yeah, I'm a very positive person. I'm super optimistic, but I choose to be. It's not that I'm not jaded. It's not that I'm unaware of like how, you know, ugly the world can be and how much like, you know, evil and bad and like just terrible things there are out there. It's like, you know, it's an indifferent cold universe, but at the same time, like when you're in a universe with no meaning, you can choose to find your own meaning. So, I choose to see the light in the world, and that's a choice rather than me being naive. I think that people often mistake my positivity as naivety when actually it comes from a place of me being so jaded (laughs) that I choose to be positive. So I think if people knew that it changes things because it's not just that I'm like, oh, everything's great. It's so positive. The world's amazing. It's more so that I'm like, you know, the world sucks. So make it a better place.
3: I like that. Yeah. Uh, and like, like you were saying, I mean, you made, you made us proud. You, you crushed the game. Uh, a lot of people think you deserve to win, but the, obviously the thing about survivor is 17 out of 18 people aren't going to win. And I'm sure, um, that can come with a lot of like regrets. Uh, and not to say that, if you, I feel like if we talked about this, I feel like you were kind of in a situation a lot of time where you were damned if you do, damned if you don't. Um, a lot of the moves that helped you get farther than the game were also the moves that pissed people off. And it's like, you know Bryce asked if you might change your strategy but a lot of that strategy was being genuine and it's like it would be it would be so hard to be out there and then be not like hold back like hold back restrain your your genuineness um but just thinking about those regrets uh is, is there anything that you wish you had done differently or even in your pitch to the jury is there anything you wish you had been able to get across better
2: um no it's it's funny talking back about like my feelings in pregame and in quarantine like there were some things more so than the win that like had value to me like i love the show as an art form and i love its characters and how people bring new things to the show and i feel like when you have so many super fans a lot of people just want to draw from other players like i want to play a tony game i want to play you know a wendell game i want to play a denise game or a parvati game and they're not bringing new things where it's like you know if you're your genuine self you're adding a new element to this like cool scrapbook of like facet which is just like it's a really fascinating thing when you analyze it um so i wanted to bring my own flair by being myself and i did that and i you know i was uh I, i learned a lot and i felt like i was tested and pushed and i was able to show like the best of myself and you know sometimes the worst of myself and it was very nice to have like i can appreciate the story more so than I can appreciate like, Oh, you know, I didn't win and I'm sure it would have been nice. Um, but I really don't have any regrets because um, I, I think that I stayed true to myself and I, I played a game that I can be proud of. And I liked the way everything went. Plus, you know, I think, the problem with uh, any argument at Final Tribal is that there's always two sides to every story. In the no. same way that you could argue that Erica was on the right side of every vote, you could also argue that she was in the majority and that if I were on the right side of the vote every time, I'd be voting out my allies and people would say, You idiot, they're never going to vote for you. I think it was a case where, you know, I had, like, this was kind of like my Cochrane 1.0 game. It's a game where the moves that get me further in the game are going to be the ones that screw people over and they're going to be ones that people don't like. And sometimes it's just not in the cards and you can't let that get you down. So I'm going to use it to like going in, if there's, you know, something else in my life, I'm going to use it to like help me grow and, uh, you know, use it to, yeah, just like become a better person because that's what it's all about. Yeah, absolutely.
3: Um, And I think, you know, a lot of the a lot of the game, you did have that underdog arc where you weren't always naturally the person that people gravitated towards working with off the bat. So you were sort of scrapping for allies a lot of the time. So then, yeah, it, it is tough. Like I think there's so many situations or, or different seasons or different compositions of, of characters where you're, you're perceived differently. Like you might have made every strategic move like optimally, like game theory optimally, however you want to describe it, yet. Certain people just aren't going to see that 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 that's the right move or whatever, and then and then that just leads so that's why every season Survivor ends up so differently because the jury is always different and they value different things in the game. Um, you guys have any other any other thoughts on this?
0: Yeah, I, I mean, not necessarily like this. I uh, I want to know like Xander, like I just I'm always so I wish I could be more like you, and I feel like listening to you today, like I admire you so much because it's like you choose to be positive. And I like, I, I always say I'm on a road to a better Bryce and I like truly wish that like I, and I'm working towards that. And uh, I just am so, uh, I admire the fact that you at such a young age, even though we are rather close in age, I'm closer to age than you than I am with Wendell. Um, but (laughs) I want to know off of the survivor subject, like what's something that gets the hairs on the back of your neck standing? Like what's something that makes Xander
2: mad? Ooh. Oh man. Um, this is like survivor pet peeves, Bryce.
0: Or at this point I'm, I'm, I'm going for the soul. Like I want to know, like I like, I am just so intrigued by Xander's, uh, demeanor personality. Like it's like, I, I just am curious, like with something for me, it's like if I order French fries and I go to my ketchup in my refrigerator and I forget to shake it and that water comes out,
2: like that will send me to the roof. <laughs> um hmm. I had let's see it's really hard to make me mad. There just aren't a lot of things that tick me off, um, and it, it takes a long like time it's got to be a bunch of things that build up. It's not going to be like I'm not very reactive. I'll approach everything thoroughly and think it through before I actually like react. Um, again, like something that we talked about before is a lot of that like everything has to be one way. it's right or wrong, black or white, like it's all absolutes. When I think a lot of things are grayscale, I think uh, the internet today is very much. Like things have to be one way; it's all right or wrong, good versus evil. When most of the time it's really just blurred, and there can be things that are good about some things and bad about others. I mean, like take recycling. Recycling is a, a great concept, but it's also like used to benefit people. The reason why America stopped recycling in most major cities is because China w- will stop; uh, they stopped buying our recycled goods to turn into like you know, um, yeah, just raw materials. So the premise behind recycling was all for profit. And now it's like stopped in a lot of major cities, but it's still a great thing. Like why wouldn't want people to stop recycling just because it's benefiting someone at the top. I mean, there can be things that are some good and some bad, and I don't think everything should be treated with absolutes in terms of like personal things that irk me. Um, I'm an organized person okay. and like, uh, you know, if people like, uh yeah, I had when I came back from Survivor, um, one of my roommates uh, had someone living in my room and it was just like, sent me just, I had to, especially coming after Survivor when you're so like emotionally vulnerable and they gaslit me. I was like, everything's off in the room. And they were like, no, like, what are you talking about? You're crazy. And it's like, that's right. I. I know that. So I
0: would imagine you must not go into Jack's room at your house a lot.
2: I had to move out of the house um, because I was worried about COVID uh, right before you know, we were flying out to Fiji. Fiji was very strict on everything COVID. So I was like, I'm not going to be near anyone mm. I'm in my room. I'm not chancing it. I want to be so isolated so that I don't get COVID. And because then, oh, my God, if I if I had gotten COVID, that's it. That's it. And the survivor dreams over. So I was so adamant on like doing anything by any means necessary to stay away from COVID. So I I got an apartment with uh, two guys who were also looking for an apartment. It wasn't like it was very thrown together last minute um, in a weird time, which is probably why it ended up being such a bad roommate situation. But you know what? It got me on the show so I can appreciate that. And I'll take it for what it was like. Never going to see him again. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) So
4: are you all cool or no? You went... them.
2: This is some frat tea right here. Oh. This is some frat tea. Um, well, I'm never gonna like hold grudges. I, um, I understand that they're going through their own things. And at the end of the day, it's like, I can be the bigger person and just say, hey, you know what? I'm not going to like, you know, give you that trust where you can like hurt me. I'm not going to like let you live in anywhere I live anymore. (laughs) You know, if I see you somewhere out, I'm going to be like, hey, how's it going? Like, I hope you're well. You know, I wish you all the best. I'm sure that it was something that's, that's the thing with a lot of people is that when they do negative things, it's usually because they got something going on that's affecting them. You know, if someone's mean or they're, you know, whatever doing something bad it's because they're envious they're jealous they're sad what, whatever it is people don't do bad things unless they've got their own problems and so sometimes I, it's not ill intention but it's just
3: their perception of the situation mm-hmm. doesn't line up and, and so you're not mad at them but you're just like i can't be
2: this we're, we're just on different wavelengths that's also completely true yeah um so i'm like very like forgiving in that aspect that's like yeah we're not there's no beef there. <laughs>
4: Sander, taking a step back and looking at your survivor game, um, do you think there was like a defining moment in your game? Or do you think that there's something that uh, you think that people will remember you for?
2: Um, I'd say that last episode really had me in tears, you know, given the hug to Jeff after winning the last challenge. It was like it really was. I mean, I just can't describe how like everything. It was always like on guard, always fighting, always being on the bottom and trying to like scrap. And so for me to like win that last challenge and know that even though I had like guaranteed it for a couple moves before that to like really solidify, like no more jokes like this is it i'm going to the finale i get a chance to pitch my case that's all i want um and that i have the power to choose who gets to step in the fire knowing that it was going to be my choice was more important to me than making the right choice because i wanted it to be in my hands and that was more important to me so like everything just kind of washed over me in that moment it was like the most relief i've ever felt and i think that translated on tv that people just understood that like oh my God, like the stress and the tension and the fighting and just like all the passion and heart that I had left out there on the island. It could finally like I could rest Mm. after I won that challenge. And definitely just, like,
4: translated cool
2: with Jeff because I mean everything I said in that was like it's completely true I just like never when I was a kid I like never saw myself as someone to be on Survivor and so now to be someone on Survivor who also did fairly well it's it's just more than a pipe dream and I've gotten a lot of messages that have just been you know bringing me to tears about people who are inspired and they like I it's honestly so great to know that like I wished I had an older brother to tell me that, like, hey, man, like, you know, don't doubt yourself. Believe that you can do anything and you'll impress yourself with all that you can accomplish. And now, like, I can be that to a lot of people who who don't believe in themselves and doubt themselves and don't think they can go out there and do it. And like, I can be the one to say, hey, listen, you know, you think I'm great. Well, I didn't think I was great for the longest time. So you can be whoever you want to be in this world. You don't have to be, you know. Like born with the genetics of like Joe Anglum, you can just you can go out there and then. you don't want to. You don't want fire. to. Yeah. Nah, yeah, we're good. Yeah, nah. Um, uh,
0: on on this podcast, though, Xander, I'm really big on like um like I said, giving yourself flowers and self reflection. What is something that you would say? to that 11-year-old Xander, like, and you just coming off of a great season, you getting to the final three, like, what is, like, one piece of advice that you would give to that 11-year-old Xander?
4: Mm.
2: I'd say definitely, um, like, know that change starts with you, that, like, when you decide that you want something, like, let it take over, let it, don't let anything get in your way, believe that you're unstoppable, and that, like, if you want to chase something, like, you can do it. It's it's not outside of the cards. There's really nothing outside of the cards. yeah. Yeah. And then I gotta ask real quick,
3: just to wrap up sort of the game discussion. I don't I don't think I've asked you this before. Um say somehow you ended up going home at the final four, uh and the in the final three is Deshaun, Erica, and Heather. Who who do you think you cast your vote for?
2: Um Deshaun, Erica, and Heather. Yeah. Um That'd be a tough one. Uh, because I think something that was interesting is that, you know, Deshaun didn't get a lot of votes even from his own alliance. When I really valued Deshaun's ability as a spokesman, he's an amazing speaker, very passionate, very genuine, very real. And I really appreciated that because I appreciate the show as art and he's, you know, an artist, so to speak, in the way that he like talks at tribal council. He was great at that. I can also value Erica's gameplay and her strategy and laying low and you know the fact that you know her story too and just like uh being a woman in the workplace and being underestimated because like she was the other underdog and i know how hard it is to be an underdog and to just scrap your way so i of course would appreciate like her gameplay in the sense that it was very similar um to a certain extent to mine in like the the role at least she was never you know, the kingpin, uh, whereas Deshaun did have a lot of power throughout the game. Um, I think to cast my vote in the end, probably Erica, it'd be, that's the thing about like groupthink on Ponderosa is if you know everyone else is voting for Erica, it's a lot easier when you're on the fence to just say, I guess I'll give it to Erica. Mm. Um, I I really like them both and it'd be a super hard decision. And I really wouldn't know unless I were in the moment with the raw feeling of like, yeah. They've, they've both had so much going for them that, like... And, and Heather.
3: <laughs> yeah, and Heather.
2: That was that was the coolest thing about the final three, like, with me, Erica, and Deshaun, is I was like, I really wanted this to be a great season. It's first time Survivor had been back in a year. Like, everybody, myself very much included, missed it. And, like, I really wanted to be a part of, like, a season that people liked. So I thought that no matter who won out of myself, Deshaun, and Erica, yeah. it'd be... Uh, a likable like good Uh spirit yeah
4: when do you have a question do i um oh yes i do sorry it's the wine i guess uh how do you think the shorter game of survivor impacted the way you and others played and do you think you would have benefited from a longer game
2: I think I would have benefited from a longer game. I'm very into the survival elements. Uh, Like I said, the finale, you know, I love being hungry. I love being, you know, tired. I love being, you know, I'll I'll eat the adrenaline. Like I can kind of feed off of the fact that like, oh man, I'm out here and I'm struggling. Like I really am in love with that struggle. Uh, And I think that comes from my running career because when I started, I was just such a terrible runner that it was always like huffing and puffing and like really just like so painful. And I, I started to fall in love with like, telling myself like no you're not gonna feel the pain like you're gonna work through it you're gonna push harder you're gonna fight past it and like just break through that wall so for me like bryce is not in his head because he's a runner too yes understands- is though?
0: But- don't don't do that window please yes i get it i i a thousand percent get that xander you should get him
3: featured on legs of a runner
0: <laughs> i don't know what that is
4: maybe y'all should go on a run together and we could see who's a real runner
2: We'd be too busy chatting. We'd just, like, you know, jog and we'd just chat. What a nice guy you are, Xander. (laughs) But, yeah, um, I, I think that, like, I really loved the survival element of it. I would have liked a longer season. I don't know which one is harder. Obviously, it's like easy to say in the moment, like this is the hardest season ever. And, you know, of course, like the, the you know, <laughs> we, we heard <laughs> that up. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like, uh, it's hard to know which is harder. I'm sure longer days would have been interesting, especially in the sleep aspect of it. I know that that's something that's an underrated, like fact that really gets to people. People start getting cranky because they're not getting sleep. Um, I never had any problem with that. I have this weird ability to sleep anywhere, um, even when it's raining. It was really nice. Oh. Um, but yeah, so like, I think the main thing, the main difference between 26 days and 39 days is that there's not as much time post-merge to make those bonds with other people. I was expecting the traditional, like, Ua and Yasa bond against the overdog, Luvu, didn't happen everybody's stuck with their pre-merge pairs. So think about all the relationships post-merge. They're all pre-merge pairs. You've got Erica and Heather. You've got Danny and Deshaun, You've got uh, Shan and Ricard. The only person who broke away was Liana and myself because we were at the bottom of our Yasa group. So Evie and Tiff, they stuck together. And you've got all these pairings of people who are just pre-merge relationships because there wasn't actually enough time to dig your roots in and make those close, close bonds with the newer people. So that's, it's, it's kind of sucks when you, you know, if you get a bum hand with the people you start out with and they don't respect you. So like, you know, Evie and Tiff, great, uh, great people, but didn't really respect me as a player. Um, it sucks because you don't have anyone else to really try and I had to I had to go lone wolf and I had to just convince people to keep me around enough but I could never make those super strong relationships until way later in the game when I'd had enough time that's why when you know later on in the game I actually become really close to Ricard and I become really close to Heather and I become really close to Erica it's because it took a lot of time to get those relationships in because like you said Bryce nobody wants to just like trust someone they just met you're gonna to default to the person that you at least have the experiences behind especially right. when when that guy is someone who's saying hey i want to help you out like i'm a fine person like you know we're playing a game but like i can still love you as a human being like nobody's gonna trust that <laughs> so so yeah it was interesting with the 26 day um you know season that a lot of the pre merge relationships were super super important and i think it would have made me refactor how I approached the pre-merge because I was very fine with a Matt Singh type thing. I don't think I would have been if I had known that 26 days would have affected relationships so much, but at the same time that changes everything. So, you know, I, I think I'd like to play a 39 day season and see how it goes. Um, of course, getting both sides of the story would be a really incredible, like experiment to see like how they differ. Um, yeah, I think 39 probably would have suited me better.
3: Well, that being said, uh the question that's probably on a lot of people's a lot of the listeners' minds is would you would you do another season if you're offered?
2: I think I would. Um it really depends on what's going on. Yeah. I mean, like, it's it's easy to say like, oh yeah, I think I would. Like, oh my god, it's addicting out there. It's just like it's such a drug. And so I, I definitely would say yes. The only thing that would hold me back is I am working on an app right now. So if I were, you know, I'm probably gonna release within the next couple of months. And oh. If it were to be something that really takes off, then that is going to be something that hinders me a little bit from, from wanting to go back if it's at a critical time, but you know, anything else, um, then it'd be pretty easy to say, you know what, I'm going back. I'll try my hand at it. Um, I know what it's like to, to have the odds stacked against me. So even if I did have a big target, I think it'd be fun to work with that. And at the very least I get another, uh, cool experience being out there.
0: Yes, I know you Xander, you said, you know, 39 days. I say they say it's tough. You know, you saying 26 days is tough. Baby boy,
4: try eleven. Okay.
3: <laughs>
4: <laughs> that's as hard. That's as hard as it gets, huh? <laughs> Woo! Chalet. <laughs> Difficult.
3: Try <Probably> zero. <laughs> <laughs> Man, the circle gets over top of that.
0: MLA. Wendyzy, do you have the final question for Zaddy
4: Zander? I, I guess I do. Uh, first of all, we want to thank you so much for, uh, you know, listening to the Purple Pants podcast and listening to the Survivor News. This is the first time with the three of us doing it this season. Me and Jack vets. Uh, okay. <laughs> that's, that's why I said the three of us. So thank you very much. Uh, we know you're a member of the Purple Pants posse. Is there anything that you need to get off your chest? Uh, This is a safe space. Did we say anything? Do we have any misreads? This is your time to just speak your piece. If you need to tell Bryce to leave you alone, say it, you know, whatever you have for us, we're here for you, man.
2: Not at all. I think that's like the beautiful thing about this group is that like the open discussion, like Bryce, you weren't afraid to offer the other opinion for like why I might be feeling, uh, you know, hurt, or at least I was at one point. Uh, And I think that's great. Like that discussion, that's what more people should be looking for. It's the opinions that challenge us that are going to be the ones that help us grow and understand each other. And it's not about, you know, I'm right, you're wrong. It's about, you know, just understanding and hearing each other out. So I I love you guys were amazing amazing to talk about the season uh and you know just yeah just incredible uh experience to listen to you guys talk about the season as well because this was the dream and to hear you know you guys talking about it especially you making it so fun doing like you know your water bottle challenges and (laughs) rice when i gotta say i could not stop laughing when you said you wanted to be the uh the bench with the (laughs) I chose. I chose not to text you about it, but. <laughs> 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 it the thing thing even grab the advantage. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
4: oh, uh, idiot.
0: Honestly, oh. though, but truly, I appreciate that so much, Sander. Because um, sometimes, like before, some people don't know how to take my type of humor from the the, the person that I am, and that I, I'm just grateful that. One, I was able to meet a person like Jack that instantly connected Wendell, my brother, um, and then for me to have met you. And I, I'm just super appreciative of it. And before I wrap it, wrap it up. The other day I was on the phone with Wendell and Wendell was like, do you remember when you asked me uh, a friend test? I do stuff like that because I just randomly Wendell and I were on the phone and I was like, Wendell, a friend test. What's the name of my turtle? But so pause that Jack friend test. What's the name of my turtle? Uh, can I get like
3: a multiple choice? Okay, so we're going to keep it
4: moving. Becky.
0: Uh, Becky. Is, Is, no. okay. Is, Is it Patty? I'll give you three choices, Jack. All right. Emily, Kimmy, or Notori? It's Kimmy. Okay, friend. Little Kim. So, uh, Xander, your friend test uh to test if you are a member of the Purple Pants Posse. Uh, could I possibly get a line from the iTunes charting theme song
5: Purple Pants
2: Podcast? Yeah. Uh, you better get your wine and come right back.
4: <laughs> <laughs> no. No, is that not it? It was, I mean, you you did the remix a little bit. <laughs> you, you did the country version. You better get your wine back and come on back.
2: Bring that ass Purple back pants here
4: podcast.
2: <laughs> it's a purple. Is it it's a Grab purple? your boxed wine and come right back. It's a, it's a, it's a purple pants
0: podcast. I you guess. better get your boxed wine and hurry right back. Ooh. Okay, Bryce but, messed uh, it up too though. It, it's uh, right.
3: want, You better get that boxed, boxed
0: wine. wine.
4: Ooh.
0: <laughs> but honestly, Xander, I, uh, the sky is the limit. I am truly, humbly. Grateful and honored that you would come on this platform. I'm even more honored to call you a friend. Uh, I speak for the guys alone, but it, it was just an amazing experience to watch you play, to hear your thought process, just to see the the dynamic, amazing young man that you are. Uh, it was truly an honor. Thank you so much for being a part of the Purple Pants podcast. It really means the world to us in the posse. And for you guys at home listening and watching, we appreciate you. We out. So maybe on a of through we could do an issa, issa. Okay. What wait? Now let me get on the Xander tune. It's a one. It's a two. It's a two. It's a one, one two, three, two, three. <laughs> it's a it's a it's a it's purple not- pants pot. <laughs> it was giving real dry. Okay. We out, we out, y'all.
4: I gotta go show my friend that the buffs my dad gave. <laughs> Xander, thank you so much, man. You're a real stand-up guy, man. Thank you for taking the time.
3: Yes, sir.
0: And that is going to conclude our interview with Xander Hastings, contestant on season 41. A huge shout-out to Xander for granting the Purple Pants Podcast, this exclusive interview. A huge shout out to CBS for granting this episode. A huge shout out to all of the RHAP people that put in the extra time to make this podcast so special. If you have not already, please make sure you are subscribed to the Purple Pants Podcast. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, wherever it is that you get your podcasts from. bay, bay we there. Hit the subscribe button. Give your baby boy some five stars. Write a review. Head on over to the YouTube and watch the video as well. I think you'll get a little kiki out of it. Subscribe to my YouTube channel, Bryce Isaiah. Subscribe, hit that button. Give me some five stars, okay? And remember to tell a friend, to tell a friend, to tell a friend that it's Zaddy Xander. Because it's a, it's.